Hi, and welcome to another podcast. I have, I am so honored and excited mm -hmm. to meet somebody that I've been following for quite a while, but never have had the opportunity to meet. So I have Elaine Duncan here with us to talk about so many things. Mm -hmm. And before we started recording, I said, oh my gosh, we could talk for days. And I'm sure we can, because I'm already so interested in so many things. We'll try to limit it to as much as we can fit in this podcast. So hang on tight guys. Hang on tight. <laughs> We're on for the roll. Elaine, welcome. Where are you coming in from? Remind me where you're located physically. Yeah, I'm um, I'm in the land of the uh, Anacostian people um, near the banks of the Anacostia River, um, uh, which flows through what is now known as Prince George's County uh, and Mary's Land. So you can see that the names were taken from the colonists that came and took and took took over a few hundred years ago, but near Washington, DC. And have you been there for 200 years? I've been here uh, about 45 years. Wow, wow. Okay, so yeah. you're on the East Coast. Yeah, I'm on you the East Coast. You were doing so many things, so, so many things. You just published your book, uh -huh. Dow of Trauma in 2019. Amazing, yeah. amazing. We're gonna get into that. But let's start with one of your topics that's going to be at symposium, if you, if it's okay. Sure. Um, polyvagal theory. Okay. A lot of people, Michael, what is that, and how do we incorporate that into a practice of Chinese medicine, holistic practice? So, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So, polyvagal theory was one of the things that uh, you know turned me on to this integrate this East meets West approach to trauma regulation that. Um, kind of picked me up and carried me from about 2003 or 2004 <clears throat> when I started the somatic experiencing training. And um, this fellow named Stephen Porges developed it and he's basically made contributions to the understanding of trauma and particularly the impact of trauma on infants and pre and perinatal trauma. So um, what he says is that in the olden days, we thought there were just two branches to the autonomic nervous system, the, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic branch, what we would call yin and yang. And he says, there's actually two aspects to the yin part. There's a, there's a yin part that I'm gonna translate this through Chinese medicine. There's a yin part that's related to the water element that has to do with shutting down our body when, the, when there's too much activation. It, it helps us like, um, it, it facilitates the freeze response. So it helps us like, like our houses have circuit breakers that turn off the energy when there's too much coming in to prevent our house from burning to the ground. Similarly, we have a system in our bodies that help us turn off the energy when there's too much coming in so we don't burn to the ground. But he defined this other aspect of how we regulate, uh, basically how we regulate our sympathetic arousal so sympathetic arousal is like the fight and flight response. It's the mobilization response. It belongs to the wood element in our medicine. And, and unless it has some way to be mitigated, some way to be, be uh, uh, contained, we will always be angry. <laughs> we'll always be angry. We'll be, we'll be wanting to punch people's lights out all the time. So the primary and most important way that we mitigate the fight response, the flight response, is through our ventral vagus nerve, which is essentially the Shen. It's essentially the energy of the heart. So this is what allows us to have a cordial conversation with our coworker who steals our pens and not go ballistic in the staff meeting and, and say disparaging things that we regret later. It allows us to, it allows arousal without stress chemistry it helps us distinguish being uncomfortable from being unsafe. So the person who um, makes this mistake, well, I'll tell you a story. I love it. Fellow, when I worked for the Veterans Administration in Washington, DC for 10 years, I helped establish the Integrative Health and Wellness Service there. And there was one of my guys, um, he was a, a three-time uh, tour of Iraq and had had a head injury and diagnosed PTSD and very troubled, a lot of chronic pain, troubled guy. 
I'd seen him maybe three or four times. And he was going to New York to visit his daughter. And the train, he was on the train, on the subway, and the cart got too full. And like many of these fellows, when, when the crowd starts to impinge, easy to lose it. Every other time, in terms of polyvagal theory, he's been unable to access that moment between I'm uncomfortable and I'm unsafe. So he flips into I'm unsafe, wakes up the next morning with his fists bloody, not knowing what happened. But this time, he noticed that he was getting aroused. He noticed his activation. He had that moment in time to notice he was getting activated. And the train stopped and he got off the train. So in that moment, like, and then the next train came along, it wasn't so crowded. He had collected himself. He got back on the train, he had a lovely visit with his daughter. So this is like the way I think of, of our medicine as being, or as trauma being vibrational illness, it's a vibration mm -hmm. and our medicine as vibrational medicine. Mm -hmm. So he took a vibration of regulation he found that vibration of regulation that he had found in treatment, mm -hmm. made use of it in that moment. And so he was able to have a lovely visit with his daughter. The New York Police Department didn't have to arrest him. He did, the, the other riders on the train didn't have to be activated and, and anxious and, and alarmed. So um, what we're trying to do in our nation that has gone through this whole period of isolation and, and pandemic is help to cultivate that capacity for relationship because it's the ventral vagus that allows us to see humanity in a person who maybe dresses differently speaks differently is of a different race or nationality like we can see humanity when our ventral vagus is available to help us navigate relationships and it's what the chinese knew from way back when when the heart is when the, when the supreme controller is sitting at the center of the kingdom beating out a steady rhythm our whole system works in a more regulated fashion. So you're putting a correlation with the ventral vagus system and the heart. And, and the heart and, and the shen. Heart, yeah, the heart, heart and spirit. shen within Chinese right. medicine. So, so there's, there's these two branches of the um, parasympathetic nervous system. There's the dorsal branch, which I refer to as the, the water branch. You know, mm -hmm. it's, what, it's what initiates the freeze response. So it, in, in Chinese medicine terms, it's, the water that overwhelms the fire. Mm -hmm. It's the co-cycle that puts, a, puts the brakes on the heart. And then the ventral vagus is the fire aspect of the parasympathetic. It supports relationship and, and capacity for connection, ability to transcend. And, and they both serve to mitigate sympathetic arousal that's, that's too high. When you treated that particular patient, the veteran, was it five element approach to his treatment? To yeah, I, I, I kind of integrate five elements with neurophysiology. So I, uh, I had done um, a few um, uh, individual sessions with him, maybe two or three. And then I, I also developed this model of auricular acupuncture that I call the 12 points for restoration and balance. And uh, there's training for that available on the Acupuncturist Without Borders website. You can, you can access an online training, but essentially we assess 12 points on the ear using a point locator with a digital readout and select the five points that are the most active in this person. Oh. And then wow. treat those five points for 10 sessions and then reassess. Wow. So it allows a person to be unique. It recognizes that we all uh, process and digest our stress response in, in different ways. And it allows someone to change over mm -hmm. time because, and, and therefore the points that they need will change over time as well. Right. Would, would you say that at least five of the 12 points seem to be the NADA protocol? Actually, surprisingly, they are not. They're not. That's so, that is surprising. Right. Um, wow. the, uh, when, when we need to do, um, like a, um, a large group of people and, we need, and we're not gonna see them in an ongoing way. At the VA, we were seeing people over an ongoing period and we wanted to track them. Yeah. But if you're doing an acute setting, like there's been a fire and you wanna help the people, we use what we call the high five for R&B, high five for restoration and balance. 
and they are uh, Shen Men and Sympathetic, which of course are do belong to NADA. Yeah. And then we do external hippocampus. Wow. Uh, master cerebral and insomnia too. Those were the five points that were the most active, um, most, uh, most, most used in uh, about eight years of serving um, 80 to 100 veterans a week. Fascinating. And this training is available on the Acupuncturist Without Borders portal. Website, exactly. exactly. Are you going to be covering this training in symposium when you're talking about Probably trauma? not. Probably not. Okay. Probably not. Okay. Um, we'll do more of the, um, we'll, we'll focus more on um, integration of uh, neurophysiology of trauma with Chinese medicine. Um, and there'll be point protocols, um, different approach. You know, I don't really go with protocols. I really, I trust people to read the energy in their patient. Mm -hmm. I, I work more on um, how to, on like patient management, relationship building, some touch skills. Because if, um, like a lot, there are two mistakes that acupuncturists make in treating trauma survivors. One is that a lot of us who are trauma survivors, we manage to hide our dysregulation really well. It becomes, it becomes well hidden underneath the veneer of, um, you know, successfully nav navigating life. So sometimes acupuncturists miss what's there. Um, and of course, our skills in pulse reading and tongue diagnosis and, and in, you know, uh, interrelationships, you know, really can really help us get beyond the veneer. Mm -hmm. But there is a risk of just missing what's really there. Sure. And the other thing is so, so, and the other thing people can be so, um, we can easily over treat our patients. Like if you follow a protocol and it says doing blah, blah, do, you know, this, these points, sometimes a person can't really tolerate even one needle. Right. If their body is so braced and tight that when we place a needle, there isn't enough space in the, in the tissues to carry the chi, mm -hmm. not only is our needle gonna be ineffective, it's gonna be painful, it's more likely to bleed and our patient will not come back. And it might even trigger the- It the, might, the it might even, or, right, right. A recall of that. And, and converse is also true. If their body is so flaccid, if their tone is so limited, they're so deficient, there isn't enough tone to carry the chi. Mm -hmm. So I found this at the VA, it was uncanny to me. I would needle and needle and needle. They wouldn't feel the needle. There'd be no changes in the pulse, no change in their symptoms. So I had to develop some ways to help create a, a little more tone in the system so that the system could carry the chi. And sometimes that had to do with softening tone and sometimes it had to do with enhancing tone. So I'm more interested in helping people prepare their patient to receive the treatment that they know how to do. I'm ex fully expecting that Pacific College trains capable acupuncturists who can do differential diagnosis and choose points. But, but um, a lot of acupuncture schools don't have this level of training of understanding the arousal and collapse and the, and the right. you know, all of that that comes with kind of putting on a different pair of glasses when you, uh, when you look at a patient who's a trauma survivor. When you say there's specific techniques you develop to soften the tone or strengthen the tone so that the cheek can actually be carried, right. is this using manual techniques or <laughs> manipulation? Is it... Um, are you using sound healing? Can you give us a hint of? Well, a, a lot of it is, is a lot of it is touch skills. Okay. Um, because uh, you know a lot of um, a lot of patients come to acupuncturists with what I call the strange, rare, and peculiar things like irritable bowel syndrome, autoimmune illness, um, um, metabolic syndrome, um, chronic pain patterns that baffle Western providers. Mm -hmm. Those those kind of things all arise out of um, kind of a, a early, or at least I shouldn't say they all arise. Many of them mm -hmm. have tendrils to autonomic nervous system dysregulation that started in infancy or in, or in early childhood. So these, I would say the majority of our clients come with things that baffle Western providers. Mm -hmm. And they're more in the, this world of vibrational illness. They're, they're, they're intangible, they're, they're hard to pin down, they, you know, they're chronic. Blah blah blah. Um, not where I was going. 
with so, like, how would you strengthen? Like, I remember I was taught in, in school, if somebody's pulse was weak, you could press or tonify kidney 10, and then that would bring the pulse up. So I didn't know if that was one of your techniques when somebody comes in and you, you now assess, you know what, they're okay. not, the, you know, the tone is so soft, they're not going to carry chi. How would you strengthen right. that a little so bit? For them? A lot of my patients wouldn't tolerate me on, on first blush needle in kidney 10. Yeah. They can't tolerate a needle, a lot right. of them. Right. So I teach um, interaction skills to help someone feel um, safety and relationship is key. Yep. So we have to create safety and relationship, which is part of that has to do with boundaries. Like, would you like me this close? Or is it better if I'm this close? <laughs> you know, what's, what's, uh, where should my chair be? What happens when, I, when I'm at the sweet spot? Oh, I can exhale. Okay, yeah. so now we can talk. Now your chi is returning to your body mm -hmm. in a more regulated way. I do a, um, a touch technique I call the kidney adrenal hold quite a bit. Um, it's um, with permission, of course, mm -hmm. sliding the hand under the low back and allowing that, that, that kidney, which tends to come up like this when, when we're anxious, you know, we, everything lifts up, you know, and that adrenal gland that's sitting on top of the kidney is shoving up into the diaphragm and squirting out adrenaline. And then our neurologic platform is consistently in arousal and, and fear and, and, uh, and, and a threat response. Mm -hmm. So if I can hold this kidney like it's an, a newborn babe and kind of tell it, you don't have to do it alone. We're gonna be here. And then in time, it will sink into my hand I'll start to feel a pulse moving through it. It perfuses with blood. It comes off the diaphragm. Person takes a deep breath. All of a sudden, they're different in a different neurologic platform. And when I needle them, they're, it's going to go into more regulated tissues that can carry carry the chi. I get it. And that's the kind of um, those are the techniques you're going to share at symposium right. that that's we can right. use that in practice. That's These right. are things that we aren't taught, actually. You know, we're taught tongue and pulse and diagnosing that way. But like you said, um, there are two big mistakes acupuncturists make in treating trauma. And honestly, we could probably say everybody's been through some sort of trauma, especially when it goes way back to infancy. Right. Um, and the, these are some tools that they can use in practice now to allow the patient's body to receive the what treatment. we have to offer. And what we, you know, our core philosophy, our core theoretical foundation is balance and regulation between opposing states of energy. Mm -hmm. So we are, we are a gift to humanity mm -hmm. that is suffering so much from traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. You know, traumatic stress is the foundation for war, it's the foundation for violence, for domestic violence, for child abuse, for all these things that human beings suffer. Yeah. You know, and, they, and we make errors, we make mistakes. You know, sometimes they're regrettable. You know, sometimes they can't be fixed. Yeah. So the more that we can help people who are really frozen, you know, and, and unable to access their heart because the dorsal vagus has consumed their, their brainstem has consumed their frontal cortex, like this tension between the kidney and the heart has consumed capacity for nuanced thought, for relational solutions, all of that these people can make really bad mistakes. Oh yeah. And they're making them daily. And then their children follow and suit and then it becomes ancestral. That's right, that's right, that's right. So, and even as you mentioned ancestral, I mean, I, I think that the, the whole study of epigenetics of trauma, like we can understand that as Jing disturbance, you know, that, that gets transmitted through the Jing. And mm -hmm. there's wonderful research about, um, helping children who have, you know, many, many generations behind them of trauma, like if they're given um, opportunities to build resilience and build capacity, that history of trauma actually turns into expanded capacity. So uh, it becomes a gift. It becomes a gift. It becomes a contribution to being able to, to manage the stressors of life instead of, you know, something to collapse around. How wonderful to be witness to that transformation in your right. patients. Right, totally. When you work with somebody, you know, just like the veteran that you mentioned, how long typically do you work with them before you really see 
significant changes. And they also recognize the significant changes like that, that veteran you worked right. with, you know, you know, he would originally have punched somebody out on the subway or on the train in this particular time. How long had you worked with him before he I only treated him like three or four times? Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the Powerful. issue is pe people feel something. I, I tell people that they'll know in three or four sessions whether this will be helpful to them. Mm -hmm. Then it, the issue becomes how long can they hold the treatment? Yeah. And, and their body's going to need to have reminders, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and, um, you know, I sort of think of um, like um, there, there are trestles underneath our tracks, you know, and sometimes we go through a, around a curve and we need the trestles a little closer together. Um, and sometimes we're on the straightaway and we don't need the trestles quite so often. So, um, you know, some people stay with, have stayed with me for years and years and some people have had a dozen treatments and they're, they're satisfied, they're done, or they come back a couple, three years later or- When they're uh, going through a curve. When they're going through a curve. <laughs> I yeah. love that analogy. I absolutely love that analogy because it's yeah. so true. That is an analogy that we can all use with our patients because a lot sure. of times patients will say, well, I feel pretty good now. So should I come back? You know, and that's a great analogy to say, right. hey, when you're going through a curve, you might want some more support. Right. Come on right. in, you know, tough right. time. You're going to go see family that often triggers you or something right. like that. Yeah. Wow, what a great or, There's There's layers and layers in our lives too, you know, that we may peel off one layer and we feel pretty, you know, we're pretty good, but then another layer shows up um, that, that wants some attention, needs some attention. I would imagine. So tell me a little, if it's okay, would you tell me a little bit more about the book you published in 2019, The Doubt yeah. of Trauma? Does it, it I, I would imagine it uh, describes all of this that we just discussed about polyvagal right. theory and how to use that. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell one more story about polyvagal theory. Yeah, it's please. Great. About a week before all the uh, um, references were due for the, to the publisher for the book, yeah. I said, what the heck? I'm little Stephen Porges who developed polyvagal theory. He's big, but I'll just, what's to lose? I'll just write him and ask him if he'll write an endorsement for me. Yeah. So, so I sent him the table of contents and the introduction and the chapter on polyvagal theory. And he wrote back within a couple of hours and said, Elaine, thank you for building a bridge between polyvagal theory and Chinese medicine. Of course, I'd be happy to write an endorsement. And by the way, I took, I, I took a closer look at your chapter on polyvagal theory and I made a few corrections. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> so, so, um, so uh, that, that was great, that was great. So the book, um, so when I first started the somatic experiencing training, which is in like 2004, um, one of the first lectures was, this is, this is what sympathetic is and this is what parasympathetic is. And I went, bing, I got this, <laughs> right? This, yeah. is, this is yin and yang. And then as we went on, the fellow who developed um, somatic experiencing, his name is Peter Levine yeah. and he's a, He's an ethnobiologist and a psychologist. And he, um, in his younger years, 20, 30 years ago, went out into nature and studied animal, pre animal predator prey relationships. And he um, watched what happened and noted that in spite of being constantly under threat, animals in the wild do not develop symptoms of PTSD. They simply don't. They have a self-regulatory mechanism. And he also broke down the steps of the threat response into five stages. So the uncanny thing is that those five stages mirror the five elements of Chinese medicine. That's so, so awesome. It's so awesome. So I renamed them to be a little more consistent with our medicine, but the first step I call awakening arousal. It belongs to the Po and the metal. We need to recognize that there's something new in our environment and our animal nature, our instinctive nature allows us to, the ball is coming, lift up my hand. That's the instinctive nature of the Poe, awaken arousal. Then the next step is um, signaling threat. So we, we, we notice there's something new and then we notice that it's a threat. That's the kidney and the and adrenal and the water element. So um, that message flows with, the, uh, with adrenaline. And it, actually the first thing it does is it goes up to the pericardium, it crosses the co-cycle and asks for help from our tribe. We are essentially tribal animals and we seek help from our tribe. Oftentimes that resolves the trauma right there with the help from 
with, with heavy capacity for relationship. You stole my pens. I don't like it when you steal my pens. Can we talk about it? You know. Um, however, if we've experienced relationship-based trauma in the past and our pericardium is not so functional, our ability to open and close those gates, or the trauma is such like it's a tsunami or a hurricane or a fire um, where no amount of relationship is really gonna help us navigate this, then the heart gets penetrated. And we know the sacred chamber of the heart does not wanna get penetrated. So when it does, it sends out a command to the whole kingdom of the body, all the fire trucks need to come out, life threat. And its message goes through the five Shen to all of the, all of the elements. Mm -hmm. And its message to the kidney is to, to send the chi up to the liver to mobilize a response. So the liver then mobilizes um, a fight or flight response that's commensurate with the level of threat. Not too much, not too little commensurate with the level of threat. This is a balanced system. It also sends a message across the coast cycle to the earth to shut down peristalsis in the guts because we don't wanna take energy to digest that cheeseburger. We want it all in our muscles and limbs in order to be successful at the fight or flight. Yeah. We, ideally, that's a temporary situation and peristalsis returns when success is achieved. Mm -hmm. Often when it's pre and perinatal trauma, and this message has to be delivered repeatedly, that capacity for peristalsis is compromised, and our ability not only to digest our food, but also to digest our experiences is compromised. Mm -hmm. So after the, the, the wood then, if the wood is successful in mobilizing a, a successful response, it then sends a message to the heart that I call restore coherence. So the heart's job is to first send out this message via the blood pulse to send everybody into alarm. But then its second job is to restore equilibrium, to, to, to receive this message, it's over. When I was at the VA, there were all kinds of guys who wore their ball cap with where they served in Vietnam across the front. And they would sit in the coffee shop and talk forever about what happened 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. Their heart spirit did not know that it was over. Mm -hmm. So knowing that it's over and knowing that, that, uh, that the heart can restore coherence, that's its job. And then it will um, then come over to the earth element whose job is, I call it digest the gristle mm -hmm. because no matter how successful you were in going through these five steps, there's still some gristle. Sure. There's still some, some challenge. So the, the stomach and the spleen, their job is to break that down. Um, assimilate the lessons, harvest the lessons that are in there, and then send the rest of it down to the colon to be eliminated. Yeah. Um, and, and, then, and then we're capable to go through another round. We're ready to notice something new in our environment without that capacity being tainted by, I, I'm frightened of blue trucks because a blue truck ran into me once. So I'm always vigilant for blue trucks. Then we're not able to really notice arousal in our, in our environment because we're hyper-focused. And that, that whole cycle had never been fully completed. That's right. So the other thing that's, that Levine said is that if we make it through all these five steps successfully, we won't have symptoms of trauma. So we, we know that two people with the same automobile accident, the same street crime, the same surgical procedure will have very different responses. Mm -hmm. So our job as acupuncturists is to help people find success in the element where they were thwarted, where their, patient, where their patient was thwarted. And if we can achieve regulation in that element, then the whole cycle goes, goes round and round and, and symptoms disappear. So that we have this framework of the five elements gives us a leg up on most mental health providers who don't have the benefit of the corresponding tissues, tissues, corresponding organs, corresponding emotions, um, tastes, you know, right. all of that that we have that allows us, this person was thwarted in their wood, in their wood. They're, they, they didn't get to complete the punch. That punch is still in their muscle tissues. So then I know that issues about orienting to space are gonna be important because the eyes are associated. I, I know that tendons and ligaments are gonna be impacted. I, you know, I, I know all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I have lots more window in and ways to access more nuanced expressions of how trauma is stored in the tissues by virtue of knowing the correspondences of the five elements. Right. So when they come in and they have elimination issues, you can see where the breakdown in that co-cycle occurred. Exactly. And you can treat it very specific to That's where right. the breakdown occurred versus you know other ways that it's approached is just uh, the same for everybody. Right, right, right. So in that way, you know, a, a protocol-driven treatment doesn't really get you home. Right, exactly, you exactly. The person who's in front of you who had this experience and was thwarted in this way. And, um, and then you can be very successful in a, in a fairly short period of time. So every, I mean, most everybody, I want to say most, because some people were not affected by 2020. That's right. <laughs> But many people were. So that right there can be something that we can offer the world really right now because there was a lot of trauma around there. What other types of trauma have you seen in your practice and been witness to the transformation? There's the PTSD from that veterans experience. And you said that a lot of it is from infancy. What are some other just kind of typical traumas that we might see in practice that we can apply um, these tools? So, to so first off, um, I prefer the term traumatic stress response. Okay. To post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay. So to me, what, what um, traumatic stress response says, there's, um, there's a range of responses. It's not one thing mm -hmm. um, that it, um, you know, to qualify for PTSD, you have to have seen, you have to experienced or witnessed um, death or near death um, there's, there's a lot of um, requirements that are kind of useful in a court of law or in disability benefits in the DOD or the VA, but a lot of us experienced trauma as a small child that had to do with emotional abuse yeah, or had to do with unavailability of a parent, death of a parent, right. um, imprisonment of a parent, mm -hmm. um, you know, lots of, lots of things that don't meet that rigid qualification quality, but still created autonomic nervous system dysregulation. Sure. So, and the other thing is that PTSD has that word, has that D at the end, you know, that makes it seem like it's a life sentence, like it's a permanent disorder. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, it's not, we are hardwired to respond to th stress, but we're similarly hardwired to return to regulation. Yeah. Just like that rabbit that gets chased by the fox that doesn't end up with PTSD. Yeah. At a certain point, the rabbit says, I don't hear a fox. I don't smell a fox. I don't see a fox. I must be safe. Mm -hmm. We tend to go a little too fast. We trip and fall down the stairs and we don't take time to, at the bottom to say, well, I don't think I broke a bone. You know, I, I, I can breathe. I, you know, let me just catch a breath here. Like we get up real quick and hope no one saw. <laughs> so we don't get, we don't take that moment to experience in a somatic way that mm -hmm. we're safe, like mm -hmm. the rabbit does. Mm -hmm. So one definition of trauma could be too much, too fast with inadequate support. So then as a clinician, if we can slow things down, break it into bite-sized pieces and offer relationship and safety and support, we can kind of tease out this experience of too much too fast without adequate support. And all of a sudden a person is able to take a deep breath and able to find themselves in their tissues and um, you know, be sleep at night. And you know, and once someone can sleep at night, everything is better. I think one of the things I'm just writing down and really absorbing right now is the fact that our medicine can help with this. And Absolutely. I usually teach that stress is the foundation of all disharmony in the body. I mean, I could pretty much trace any disease and go back and there's stress at the root of that. Almost everything, even an accident. Oh no, my, my uh, broken arm is from an accident. Well, it's because you were stressed out. You weren't paying attention, right? But honestly, it's like, it almost can, you can almost say the same thing that Behind every illness or dis-ease of the body, 
there's probably some sort of traumatic stress response where we acted too fast, too much without adequate support. And the beauty is our medicine can offer that support by finding out where the proper stress response was broken down in the co-cycle and then connecting it and completing that cycle. So helping that, people that, complete, helping people complete their stress okay. response. Complete their self, the, yeah. We could call it their self-protective response. Yeah. Right? Complete right. that self-protective response. Yeah. You know, when our medicine was developed, you know, three, four thousand years ago, you know, this the seven causes of disease, you know, it was all about weather, you know, too cold, too hot, too windy, you know, all those things. But today we don't really suffer from most of us. Yeah. Most of us. Um, and, and so most of our illnesses are of this kind of more subtle vibrational place where our body goes into dysregulation and then isn't able to cope. Yeah. So that could be anything from an automobile accident to a surgical procedure. I'm very interested in medical trauma. Um, uh, certainly, um, you know, war, war trauma. Um, but then there are also what's um we're i think we're getting more awareness of the um uh, gosh the name the word just escaped me the insidious insults oh, particularly yeah. marginalized people experience mm -hmm. um there are little razor cuts that are constant mm -hmm. and create a um a, a level of arousal that I think plays a major role in health disparities in, in, our, in our public health system, along with the epigenetic impact of 400 years, in the case of African-Americans, uh, maybe 200 years in terms of uh, Asian and Pacific Islanders, uh, four or 500 years in terms of Native Americans, but that um, these, uh, these epigenetic impacts that we can name the disparities in healthcare provided today as one aspect of those disparities, but I also think we have to take into account the history of trauma, yeah, and the, and the epigenetic impact. And vibrational medicine is required to reach that. You know, and people, we practice vibrational medicine. And we practice vibrational medicine. So our healing, actually, in the cosmology of Native Americans can go forward seven generations and also heal backwards seven generations. Seven. Wow. Um, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the folklore from uh, Native culture. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I don't know how the words, I don't know what the numerology of seven means in, in that language, but um, in, in, that, in that culture, but we can, we can go forward and backwards. You know, we can, we can impact, um, we can impact life. We have a very, like, I like to say our nation needs its healers. Like, oh my gosh, more, more now than yeah, ever. Like, like we need lobbyists, we need educators, we need attorneys, we need re to rewrite um, laws. Um, we, we need uh, educators, we, we need all those people, but we need healers. Oh boy. We could change, for example, we could change the, the law around the use of police use of chokeholds. Mm -hmm. But when a police officer is feeling frightened because of white supremacy and, and racism, that that law is on the books will not change their behavior when they're consumed by the use of their brainstem to think with instead of their frontal cortex. Right. So we have to change the capacity to recognize discomfort from, from, uh, from fear. Mm -hmm. when, when we are in life threat, we need to be able to mobilize a response and defend ourselves. Mm -hmm. But when we're simply uncomfortable, because we've been socialized in a certain way, we need to attend to that, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and and not um, to use the words Resma Menekin uses, who wrote "My Grandmother's Hands," blow our anxiety through someone else's body. Right. Yeah. We need to we need to deal with our own anxiety and find our own regulation, in order to be the the human being that we want to be for ourselves, for our families, for our communities. And, Wow, powerful, powerful. It almost takes us right back to the first story you shared with the, the VA, the veteran that you worked with who otherwise without any treatments would have Be not else. even recognized he was going into fight or flight 
right. on that train, but now he has the ability to recognize, okay, wait, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I recognize that in myself. I'm going to make a different decision. Right. And it's not a, um, it's not an unconscious decision. He's become very aware and conscious because he was able to complete the cycle. And, and his self-esteem changed too. Yeah. He would say, now I can be the person who my parents raised me to be. My parents raised me with, with certain values. Yeah. You know, and that's who I want. I want to be who the son my parents raised. And, and, and now he can. Wow. So that's healing his parents too, right? healing his parents. And the image that came to my mind was when, when a trauma is experienced, the Shen scatters kind of like birds on a beach, all of them kind of hang out together. And then a little kid runs and scatters all the birds. And that's what happens to our Shen when we experience a trauma. And as practitioners, we help call the Shen back in, like all the little birds back to the beach. So they come back together and sit and rest in the sun. Right. Yes. So he's able to do that and, um, and, and feel safe to go out in public. I'd be very feel, I would be fearful to just even go out in public, not knowing how you're going to respond to anything. Like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know if I want to go out. Cause what if it gets crowded? I don't know how I'll respond. Instead. Right. It's like, I think I'll be able to respond fine. Right. Cause the last time I was able to leave the train sure. and that's right. So that, that confidence gets built. Yeah. So powerful. So that, that must have come from the somatic experience practitioner training that you did in 2003. What drew you to that? Was it just a continuing education or? Well, um, I actually, I, um, this, this whole journey started with um, hearing um, parents of uh, Lance Corporal Jeffrey Lucy on the radio. And um, he had come home from Fallujah um, and was, I'll just use kind of shorthand, he was unable to live with what he'd seen and what he'd been asked to do and committed suicide in his parents' basement. And his folks were beautiful people, are beautiful people. Uh, dad's a nurse, mom's a social worker. They, you know, they, they advocated for their son. They, you know, blah, blah, blah. The VA blew it. They, they should have kept him on a locked ward and they didn't. And um, so I was kind of filled with, gosh, acupuncture could have made a difference. But at the time I knew nothing about military culture and I knew, I had been in practice for 15 years by that time, but I didn't feel like I knew enough about trauma. Yeah. So I sought out the Somatic Experiencing International Training and, and brought their training program to Silver Spring, Maryland. And uh, we've now trained several hundred people in that model. We have ongoing annual uh, you know, classes going through um, the area. Um, and uh, and it, was, you know, it was through the course of that training that I got you know, all these wonderful interfaces that where, like my book explains and, and in my courses, I, I, I really enjoy the integration of things that seem to be opposed to each other and where they come together, something new emerges. Like Chinese medicine teaches us that too, that something new can emerge mm -hmm. when you bring opposites together. So um, like when I got that Sympathetic and parasympathetic was yin and yang, and these five steps of the self-protective response were the five elements. And um, and then and then I took some postgraduate training in use of touch, and 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 that was when I could see like people will discharge thwarted responses down meridian pathways. Wow. And and officials, the officials of the body will speak out of this, out of they will emerge. Out, out of this kind of work. Um, and, and then, you know, I just wanted to give that away, you know, so, um, you know, it was 10 years at the VA and um, I, I did some teaching at the VA with the clinical staff there. Um, and then I left the VA in order to write the book and did some training exclusively with acupuncturists. Uh, and then I opened that, that training up so that now acupuncturists, medical providers, body workers, mental health people are all welcome at my trainings. And I'm, um, uh, I call them the Tao of Trauma. And um, I'm starting a, a new series, um, one in Silver Spring and one in Ojai, California this fall. Um, awesome. And people can, can find out about that at integrativehealingworks.net. Mm -hmm. um, and we're also for the first time doing a, an online, a virtual uh, cohort. So if you live too far away or you're not vaccinated, I'm asking everyone who attends in-person classes to be vaccinated. So, so you um, have the Dow of Trauma happening 
on the East Coast and then Ojai, California on the West Coast all yeah. this fall, starting this all fall? Starting this fall. It's a year long, it's a year long course that meets five times in each of the five seasons. We look at each of the steps of the self-protective response and some touch skills that are related to the corresponding tissues and organs of that particular uh, step in the self-protective response. So, you, um, and it's a mixed class with, uh, like I say, body workers, acupuncturists, mental health providers, some medical people. Um, uh, so we, we, we learn from each other and um, we practice on each other and we, um, we explore all these really important issues for our nation and in our communities. I love it. And the Tao of Trauma training incorporates somatic experience, being able to use that and incorporate that into your practice, whatever well, it, your it, practice might be. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that I teach somatic experiencing because that's a, you know, registered trademark right, right. kind of stuff, you know, but I teach a, a, an East meets West version of Got it. The restoring bridge. balance. Yeah, the bridge. yeah. The bridge. That's right. Yeah, you that's have right. created. That's what I'm, I try to do. Yeah. I'm looking also, you have other classes. You have using the diaphragm system to restore balance. Do you still teach those classes as well? Are those recorded offerings? Um, some of them are recorded. The, the diaphragm uh, system work is recorded on the TCM Academy uh, website. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I'm sorry. That's on the Pelvic Academy website. Um, uh, the, um, there's a, a shorter course, uh, shorter than Dow of Trauma, that's on the TCM Academy website is called uh, Revolutionize Healing from Traumatic Stress. Um, and that involves uh, a combination of um, uh, live, uh, live Zoom classes and some pre-recorded material. And then I'm always showing up on some podcasters or some, uh, somebody invites me to talk about something and you, know, you put a quarter in me and I just <laughs> I, was, I, I got. I, I'm gonna. I want to make sure I say this right now. Just thank you so much for saying yes to this because when Pacific College said, "Who do you want to interview?" I was like, "Elaine. <laughs> I want Elaine. I want oh, Elaine." So nice. when you said yes, nice. I was like, "Yoohoo!" Um, yeah. So you've got. There's also a bunch of, on my website. Um, yeah. There's a drop down called "In Elaine's Voice," and oh. it has a um, a series of podcasts that I did for the Somatic Experiencing Institute on each of the five elements. And, and, and a, a number of other podcasts are on there um, okay. that if people wanted to hear my voice or hear what I had to say before the symposium happens, um, you'd be welcome to, to drop in there. And I also publish a monthly newsletter. Oh, uh, I call okay. it News and Views, News and Views on Integrative Healing. Uh, I offer tips on treating trauma and um, various opportunities for learning, um, learning an, an East meets West approach. And we can sign up for so, that on your website, integrativehealingworks.net. I can sign up to get the newsletter, get the tools and tips for trauma. Yep. Yep. And it says also, it's also consulting. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll talk with any. I, I do um I do one-on-one -on -one consulting with um with clinicians who want help with thinking through their patients or thinking through this material. And I'm also happy to work with institutions and, and organizations about setting up um, you know, approaches that are more uh, sensitive to the needs of trauma survivors. Wow. I'm, really, I'm, I'm interested in systemic and opportunities to have a systemic influence. Mm -hmm. And by working with practitioners, which you're doing more of now, I know you have a small private practice, you've held that, right. but you're more into providing these tools to the practitioners that are out there with their 100 to 200 patient base so in essence, you are spreading these tools to tens of thousands of people in your teachings, with your courses, live. That's yeah, that's certainly my hope. I mean, I, I'm in the kind of the earth phase of my life. It's, it's time for me to, to share my harvest. And um, it just feels very meaningful to me to work with younger clinicians and, um, and, and it, you know, hopefully inspire them to, 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 to get, in the, get in the flash, you know, and get in there. And, Absolutely. And, you know, engage in community but, programs and stuff. Yeah. I think we've kind of established every one of us has gone through some sort of trauma. I mean, there, we all have experienced That's something right. like that. And many of us probably are still living, whether it's ancestral trauma that we inherited, but it just hasn't had that complete closure. We can help with that. You can help a practitioner right. help their patients with that. They can come see you at symposium. 
You're going to be there. I yes, know, please. This year, this, um, this year 2021 mm -hmm. at Pacific Symposium, you have the workshop in the morning lecture. They can buy your book. And you shared with me a little secret that you're going to give them a discount for your book at Symposium. Yes, when they uh, actually, it's available now when you register. Um, I know I gave the information. I'm not sure where it is. I, I should study that. Um, but the, the, my publisher, North Atlantic Books, is giving a discount um, to symposium attenders on the purchase awesome. of the book. And it's awesome. available in print and in audio and in um, electronic forms. So I love it. I love it. Anyway, I see it. Here. It's on your website, integrativehealingworks.net. They can also come and join your upcoming Dow of, Dow of Trauma training that's starting mm -hmm. in the fall, either East yep. Coast, West Coast, or online. Mm -hmm. Yep. And is there any other secrets up your sleeve? Anything else you're, <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. I don't even know how you're doing all of that, but uh, in case there's any other way that people can contact you, they can consult with you one-on-one. -on -one, Sure, sure. Ways that you're engaging. Do you have other? Um, There's a link on my website to sign up for a consultation. I'd be more than happy to, to you know, to talk with you. If you have questions about the upcoming course, um, I'm happy to, you know, receive an email or, or contact us on my website. Um, Elaine.Duncan at integrativehealingworks.net is a good email. Um, uh, I love to talk to people. Um, so, so, you know, give me, give me a call or pop me an email if you have questions or reflections and you know we're all we're all just learning this you know bit by bit and from each other yeah. so i'm really interested in creating a community that can share and learn yeah. from each other yeah. and and uh, make an impact on our world i'm also um in the spirit of cultural transformation through healing i'm offering a 25 percent discount to uh, bipoc lgbtq and first generation immigrants in all my trainings okay. so i'm know. really interested in stirring up the stirring up the pot a little bit and and um and cultural transformation has to start with healing so we need to arm the people who can reach out to the people who need it the most yeah awareness so, uh, and healing and yeah and you're providing yeah. the tools for that oh my gosh thank you so yeah. much thank yeah. you thank you yeah. thank so, you yeah so 25 percent off if you're a, a member of one of those groups okay okay guys yeah. just a summary integrativehealingworks.net we did not cover everything I would love to talk about, but like Elaine said, if you go to her website, integrativehealingworks.net, you can find other podcasts where she's gone in depth on a lot of these topics and uh, maybe even talked about more. You can see her at Symposium. You can join the group or just contact her and see. I'm sure she's going to be doing more trainings, more conferences and symposiums in the future. And I hope one day to meet you live and in person. That'd be great. Yeah. I look forward to that too. Thank you yeah. so much. Okay. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye, be well. Elaine.